This is 101.1 FM, WBRULP, WFOOLP, WVVXLP Providence. It's about 7 o'clock on a Friday evening, and you are tuned to the Beat Surrender. Welcome, friends, to The Beat Surrender. My name is Dan, and I will be your host for the next hour. Now, last week, we kicked off Season 4 of the show, so that will make this Episode 2 of the new season. See how I did that? It's called Maths, my friends. Anyway, because I am the host, it is my job to bring you the best in... Classic punk, post-punk, proto-punk, cow-punk, power-pop, garage-rock, alt-country, ska, new wave, and even a taste of some new stuff that speaks to the old stuff. So, pour yourself a cold one, turn that speaker up to 11, pull those tube socks up to your knees, and lace up those Chuck Taylors nice and tight, because we're going to work up a sweat tonight. On tonight's show, we have new music from Amel and the Sniffers. We have the latest edition of This Week in Punk Rock History. And we have an arcade full of classic jams, just like this one.
101.1 FM. You are listening to The Beat Surrender. And that was Echo and the Bunnymen, rounding out a set of songs from the year 1984. We heard Silver from their career-defining album, Ocean Rain. The Waterboys before that, looking for some place to burn all the things that she gave me. From their, second, from their second LP, A Pagan Place. And the replacements gave us I Will Dare from Let It Be, their last album on Twin Tone Records, before they made the jump to the big leagues. Peter Buck of R.E.M. contributing some guitar on that one. And we kicked off the set with their Minneapolis brethren, Who's Could Do, giving us Something I Learned Today from their double album opus, Zen Arcade on SST Records. So on the weekends, I like to listen to Chris Carter's British Invasion on Sirius XM. And he does this thing that whenever he plays a Beatles song, he has to follow it up with a Rolling Stones song. And vice versa. And I feel like I do that with the replacements and Who's Could Do. Maybe I should make that a hard, fast rule of the show. I don't know. Something to think about? Anyway, that was a quick little roundup of 1984. And we'll sneak in a few more songs from that year later in the show. But now, let us turn to some new music. Amel and the Sniffers are from Australia. Melbourne, to be exact. And they play punk rock. And their brand of punk rock harkens back to the golden era of punk that we celebrate each week. They have a new record out called Comfort to Me, and it's their second LP, and it is a revelation. Singer Amy Taylor is an absolute force of nature. So if you've been concerned with the future of punk rock, well, worry no more, because we have found your saviors. This song is called Guided by Angels. Ladies and germs, this is Amel and the Sniffers.
student and community radio this is the beat surrender and we started that set with new music from australian punk rockers amel and the sniffers from their latest album on ato records called comfort to me we heard guided by angels and man what a ripper speaking of rippers and fiery lead singers we kept things in australia with the divinals and the late great Chrissy Amphlett. We heard Boys in Town from 1983's Desperate. And then we stayed down under with Hunters and Collectors with their anthemic Say Goodbye from the Human Frailty LP from 1986. And now, can you picture a crowded bar full of macho Aussie dudes holding up their beers and belting out the line, you don't make me feel like I'm a woman anymore at the top of their lungs? Well, that happened again and again back in the day as hunters and collectors were a pretty big deal in their homeland. And speaking of anthems and big deals, Midnight Oil put an exclamation point on that set of Australian rules rock and roll with Best of Both Worlds from their 1984 album Red Sails in the Sunset. Yes, Another song from 84. Told you we'd get another one in. And there may be more to come. All right. You know what time it is. It is time for this week in punk rock history. And this week, we are going back to October 5th, 1979. Joe Jackson releases his second album, I'm the Man. It hits stores less than a year after the release of his brilliant debut, Look Sharp. In fact, Joe would later refer to the new album as Part 2 of Look Sharp. The album will fare very well for Joe and will top out in the U.S. at number 22, while climbing to number 12 in England. The first single is the title track, I'm the Man, which will be followed by It's Different for Girls, which will land in the U.K. top 10. Now in the U.S., the album is also released as a box set of six picture sleeve singles. Each of the unique sleeves fits together in a giant puzzle, to form an image of the album cover, which is Joe in the guise of a petty criminal. Also included is a big poster of the cover that includes Joe's feet, showing those iconic white pointed toe shoes from the Look Sharp album. Those shoes are also known as Winkle Pickers. I'm gonna make a 
101.1 FM. You are tuned to the Beat Surrender. And we started that set with Joe Jackson doing the title track from his second LP from 1979. I'm the man. And Nico Case is also the man from her 2013 long player with the long title. Let me see if I get get it right here. It's called The Worst Things Get, The Harder I Fight, The Harder I Fight, The More I Love You. Whew. Now that's a mouthful. And we heard the simply titled song, Man. Balloon Man after that from Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians from 1988's Globe of Frogs. And fun fact, Nico Case does a wonderful cover of Hitchcock's Madonna of the Wasps which was included as a bonus cut on the her aforementioned album with the really long title. The Velvet Underground and Nico closed out the set. And no, not that Nico. She wasn't born yet when the first Velvet's album came out in 1967. And this is the album with the banana on the cover, in case you were wondering. And we heard, I'm waiting for the man. Man, oh man is right. All right. Let's uh, keep things moving here and uh, play another song from 1984. Uh, But actually, before we do, I have a quick story for you kids. Now everyone remembers their first concert, right? Well, mine was memorable because of what happened before the show. So you see, as a youngster, I started to get pretty good at winning things on the radio. I remember winning an Elvis Costello album and also a um, Culture Club record. Hey, what can I say? Church of the Poison Mind is a really good song. Anyway, eventually I broke through and won a pair of concert tickets. And right away, I knew who was coming with me, our man Mike from Connecticut. Now we were only 15 years old, so we needed rides to and fro. So my dad drives us into the city of Boston and he drops us off in front of the Heinz Convention Center and drives away. Strange venue for a show. I don't ever remember seeing another show there, nor do I remember hearing about any more shows being played there. But anyway, there we are. And we're excited. We've got our t-shirt money. We're talking wildly, trying to predict the opening song. The crowd is milling about outside, and we're watching all the weirdos in amazement. And then we think, hey, maybe we're weirdos too. And so everything is cool as can be, and we're drinking it all in. And then I go to the will call window to pick up the tickets, like they told me on the phone. I say my name, and the guy behind the window finds my name on the list. So great, we're almost there. But then he asks me for identification. And I'm dumbfounded. What do you mean, I ask? An ID, he says. A driver's license, something that says you are who you say you are. Otherwise, I can't give you the tickets. And I don't have anything. I mean, I'm 15 years old, and I'm an idiot. And I remember looking back at the street, hoping that my father's car was still there, but he was long gone. And boy, I could have used a cell phone in that moment. So I'm practically in tears when I turn back to the window, but I get no sympathy from the jerk behind the glass. And I'm crushed. I turn defeated from the window and I break the news to Mike. And I think he might have tried to plead our case with the jerk too, but to no avail. And so there we are, at the show, but unable to get in. So we sulk there for a little while, but then we notice someone's trying to sell tickets in the crowd. And what's that all about? You know, this is news to us. So we gather up our courage and our t-shirt money and make the scalper an offer. And he takes it. And I'm pretty sure he would have taken a lot less. But it doesn't matter because soon we're finally walking through the doors and it wasn't easy and it wasn't cheap. But once we get across the threshold and enter the venue, you know, we're giddy again as we try to blend into the crowd of our fellow weirdos. And, you know, the show wasn't half bad either. But, you know, I never did get that general public t-shirt. 
101.1 FM. This is The Beach Surrender. And that was Public Image Limited with the song Public Image from their 1978 debut first issue. And of course, PIL was formed by John Lydon after the demise of the Sex Pistols. General Public before that with their song General Public from their 1984 debut All the Rage. And General Public was formed by Dave Wakeling and Ranking Roger after the demise of the English Beat. All right now. Well, you know it is that time when we must wave goodbye. But before we do, let's take care of a request. Our man John from France, our one and only French connection, at least to my knowledge, John said he'd like to hear something from the Stooges. Proto-punk extraordinaires. And I think that's a brilliant idea. So, let's hear Search and Destroy from the Stooges' 1973 classic, Raw Power. So until next time, this has been The Beat Surrender on 101.1 FM, WBRULP, WFOOLP, WVVX, LP Providence. All right, let me hand it off to Iggy, everybody's favorite street-walking cheetah. Get it.